0: Welcome to The Conversation at Airsape.com. I'm your host, Dr. Todd Curtis. What follows is a BBC News interview from March 15, 2014, where I discuss some of the recent revelations about the investigation into Malaysia Airlines Flight 370, specifically a statement by the Malaysian Prime Minister that it was believed that a deliberate action led to the aircraft going off course.
1: Uh, expert uh, analysis uh, on this now. We can speak to Dr. Todd uh, Curtis. He worked as an engineer on the development of the Boeing 777. He's also the founder of airsafe.com, an aviation safety and security firm. Uh, And we can speak to him now via webcam uh, from Massachusetts. So good evening to you, Dr. Curtis. Um, From what you're hearing from the Malaysian Prime Minister, that the communications data was deliberately turned off and therefore suggesting hostile actions. Um, Do you agree with that? Do you think he's got it right and his advisors and what he's been told?
0: Well, I did look at the the wording very carefully on the prime minister's statement. And he said a phrase I totally agree with, a deliberate action, which leaves open the possibility that there was some hostile intent, but also the possibility that the crew was doing what they thought was in the best interest of saving the aircraft from who knows what kind of problem they may have had on board but certainly we can't discount the possibility that something other than a hijacking or a commandeering of the aircraft is taking place
1: well there's other facts aren't they that 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 lead you towards that speculation that it was a terrorist attack because the planes missing we haven't heard from the pilot's or the crew and we can't find them if presumably if something was going wrong on that plane and he shut down the system uh, he would have got in touch Uh, with air traffic support uh, at some point, the plane is missing. Does that lead you to believe that if it was uh, some kind of malfunction, it was just part of something that presumably ended up being more catastrophic?
0: Well, it could be, again, it could be sabotage, could be hijacking, but you also have to keep in mind that any pilot, no matter what level of training they've had, one of the first things that they're taught is that an emergency, uh, whatever the emergency is, the one primary job is to continue to fly the airplane continue to aviate and the secondary uh, task is to navigate the aircraft find a place to land find a place to maneuver the aircraft so it's in a safe and stable situation and the third priority is to communicate now it could very well be the situation that the pilots were concentrated on the first and the second priorities and for whatever whatever reason uh, again they may have been forced not to talk there may have been a communication failure Who knows what may have happened. They never got around to the third thing. Now the hopeful thing for me is the fact that the evidence indicates the aircraft was flying for several more hours. So whatever was going on, the crew or whoever was flying that aircraft was making sure that the airplane was still flyable.
1: But that's the puzzling thing, isn't it? If there were technical problems, what technical problems could you have on a plane that would mean you'd have to turn off the communication system?
0: Well, one of those technical problems could be a failure either of the, the communication system or a cascading major set of failures within the aircraft, whereby either ancillary systems were being taken offline because of damage, or perhaps the crew was doing the prudent actions they thought were necessary to save the aircraft. Those uh, prudent actions could include shutting down systems, circumventing power around certain systems, and basically, Focusing on the critical systems that keep the airplane flying and perhaps neglecting or turning off those systems That was not going to save them that we're not going to save them rather
1: And I just bring your attention to some other lines that are coming out uh, in newspapers here in the UK that are probably reaching papers Where you are as well and um, that military radar is showing that the jet climbed to 45,000 feet turned sharply to the west before descending unevenly to 23,000 feet. I mean, you wouldn't want to be a passenger on a plane that's doing that, would you? Um, How reliable is that line, do you think?
0: Well, I think the military radar, which without getting the technical details, doesn't use the data from the transponder, is actually estimating the altitude based on the radar returns that are being received. And those estimates could be incorrect. Uh, The transponder, one of the things about that is that it's using the instruments on the airplane, to send back to the air traffic control radar, data such as airspeed and altitude. Barring that data, you will have to do what's done in a hostile military situation. That is, the aircraft may not have any kind of transponder, maybe trying to hide its location from you. And based on whatever information is coming in, you have to estimate the altitude. Now, I should also hasten to add that the 7-4, excuse me, the 777 has a service ceiling of roughly 43,000 feet which means although the aircraft may physically be able to fly above that altitude, Boeing and the certification authority FAA, uh, certified that the airplane can be safely flown up to 43,000 feet pressure altitude. So to say that this was at 45,000 feet, that might be true, but if it were true, then whoever was flying the plane was flying the plane in a regime that may not have been safe.
1: And if you were a passenger on board a plane doing that kind of maneuver, what would you be going through? What what would be happening to you?
0: Well, assuming that all the systems of the aircraft were operating normally, you may not see anything out of the ordinary. That is, obviously, the airplane is above its service ceiling. But so long as the cabin was pressurized correctly, so long as there weren't any unusual maneuvers going on, the passengers may not even notice
1: this. But it said it descended unevenly. that that could cause you problems as a passenger, that could be a pretty unenjoyable uh, situation to be in. I mean of course this is all speculation, we're just just trying to put what what pieces of of, of evidence and and developments we, we have together.
0: Well I don't think the numbers that were mentioned by the various authorities were speculation. I think those were the actual numbers based on our calculations. But again I have to stress that when you're using a military type radar that's not using the transponder data, any altitude information you get or even altitude change information is going to be computed is going to be implied it may not be what a- what actually happened on the aircraft
1: just briefly why are we only getting these developments now why do you think it's taking so long for this data to come out publicly
0: well i think there are two things that are going on here first the data that's coming in is coming from several different sources sources that don't necessarily provide real-time data to air traffic control authorities For example, the Inmarsat company, which has the satellite system for communicating with the ACAR system, which may have been mentioned earlier in your broadcast, which was getting the information from the engines. Normally, that information is sent back to the airline, the engine company, the manufacturer. It's not necessarily shared with air traffic control. So it doesn't surprise me that it took days for that information to come out. Also, go ahead, please.
1: So, sorry sorry, sorry to, to interject, but uh, just based on your instinct, and we've had various answers to this question tonight, uh, but on your experience uh, and your initial instincts, what do you think has happened to this plane?
0: I think one of three things happened, and I mentioned them in passing before. One, this was a, a hijacking. That is, someone other than the flight crew uh, commandeered the aircraft, took it over, and either forced the pilots to fly somewhere or took over flying duties themselves. The second option is the flight crew or someone else uh, with very close knowledge of the aircraft and access to the airplane, uh, took control of the aircraft for their own purposes to fly it somewhere. And the third option, I think, is the crew was doing what was necessary to deal with an emergency situation. Although their actions may seem unusual and inexplicable, in an emergency situation, especially a dire one, For which there are no emergency procedures a flight crew has to exercise uh, some initiative and some creativity that could be what we're seeing here and again without data from the airplane without recovering the aircraft wherever it may be without talking to any passengers or crew should any of them have survived it'll be difficult to impossible to determine which of those three options actually happened.
1: dr curtis plenty thanks for your time this evening thank you
0: well thanks for having me For more information, please go to 777.airsafe.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.